the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus podcast presented by BetMGM. This is the week three college football betting recap and week four look ahead. I'm Sucky and joining me, as always, is Colin Wilson, fresh off of a Arkansas loss at home to BYU. Uh, any, any quick thoughts there? I mean, Rocket Sanders is in there. Can't run. KJ's, you know, Jefferson having targets, can't find any targets, some consistent targets. It's not there. Uh, defense goes a little ultra aggressive. Kadon Slovis kind of catches him in a pretzel. So, I mean, it was completely expected. Um, offensive continuity is a real problem. This number against LSU coming out today ought to be interesting. Yeah, Colin, we'll talk a little openers later in the week. And, of course, we'll be back throughout the week. New BCS live, 10 a.m. Eastern on YouTube on Tuesday. We'll have that episode out later that day. Talk a little more look-aheads and some other fun stuff. Wednesday, Group of Five preview, then Colin and I back later in the week for the Week 4 betting preview. It was an ugly slate. It's kind of boring at times, um, but luckily that was the last boring, really boring slate of the year. We all got through it. Um, there was a lot of excitement late night with Colorado, Colorado State. There was some excitement early, too, with Boston College, Florida State. And the interesting thing about those two games, those were two close Almost three touchdown plus upsets by teams that got flagged, I think, a combined 50 times. Boston College had 18 penalties, and Colorado State, I think, had 190 penalty yards. It was ridiculous. Um, but that those the Colorado-Colorado State game was awesome. Um, Colorado State couldn't get it done for our producer who had some money line. You, your, your early number covered, plus your plus 10 from the summer. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate all the CLV warriors that came out of the woodwork. They only tweet once every 18 months to come out and tell me your Colorado state plus 10 game of the year is a joke of a number. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, Travis Hunter's okay. He went to the hospital. I think he'll be fine. It's going to be out a couple weeks though, but Colorado does escape. I'm actually happy they won. It'll keep, it's a, I think it's good for college football overall. Um, but Let's get into the recap, and as always, we will do that through the guidance of y'all with the voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Big Bats on Campus podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. As a Mizzou better and as a Mizzou graduate, I actually don't give one that Mizzou won that game on a million-yard field goal. Coach Elia Drinkwitz, you corn pone moron, I have never, ever in my life seen a team clock the ball, forget that the play clock's still running, and get a delay of game before they can get the field goal team out there. That's so confidence. I don't know how he drives home. How do you operate a vehicle and be that much of a idiot? If those state troopers that protect him, they should have just put him in a cruiser and taken him straight to jail. Coach Drinkwith. Colin Stucky. I waited to fire Kansas State Moneyline live at plus 130. And this Nevis. Somebody needs to get this guy a piece of cornbread. That fat hits a 61-yard field goal to keep the game from going to overtime. We all know Kansas State was winning in overtime. Good God, that's just ridiculous, man. Get this 
out of my life. Kansas State money line goes down off Missouri. I'm going to stay really calm here. You know, I don't want to get too upset. But what the f*** is Kansas State doing? I mean, it's third and goal from your own two, and it's a delay of game. There are so many boobs out there. It is ridiculous. Kansas State and you, Colin. Okay, I don't know what – I mean, I wanted six really bad on Missouri. I got it live. Kansas State scored on the first drive. I got it live. I don't know why hate is coming at me. I was very clear that I missed the number on Missouri. No, that's nothing to do with the game. They just wanted to say fuck you. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I knew that Nias had the leg to hit that, but they didn't deserve to hit it because of the mm-hmm. delay of game before them. But that was a great game. Great win for Zoo and the – yeah, I, I was wrong on how that game played out. I, I kind of liked the under, and then it came down. Missouri actually had some explosiveness in their passing attack. I believe neither team could run the ball at all. Um, right. So it all came down to the quarterbacks having to throw the ball. And uh, Burden had a couple explosives, and they were able to hit some downfield passes for the first time all year and pull off the upset on a 61-yard field goal. Thrilling end. That, that, it was a couple of other thrilling games. Um, Miami of Ohio has stolen back. The victory bell. Nobody beats Miami of Ohio 17 times in a row after 16 straight losses to Cincinnati. I, I, I doubt we're going to hear from our Cincy caller who was calling, talking up Satterfield last week in the Cincy team for beating a, a pit corpse who looked horrendous again against West Virginia. Um, but Miami of Ohio, Gabbert looks healthy, by the way. They have the receivers uh, in, in Marshall and Labradine and at the my Ohio, I'm feeling good about that future. But Ohio looked good too. They beat Iowa State, who had little some diarrhea issues. <laughs> but so they didn't, they had a couple starters out with like I think food or food poisoning or diarrhea. And yeah, and Toledo should be good too. The top of the MAC race is going to be pretty damn good. And uh, but yeah, there was there was, there was enough thrilling games to keep uh, everyone's attention yesterday. But the Missouri game was 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 thrilling. Anytime you can end on a sixty, what longest make in SEC history. I think, uh, yeah, good for Harrison Mavis. I, I, I mean, he should go to Pizza Tree and he should have free dinner for life there. It's my favorite pizza place like in the United States. But listen, I think to close the loop on what you and I talked about on the podcast on Thursday was that, um, you know, Kirby Moore was given full uh, play calling duties from Drink. Drink completely stepped out and we saw a 66% rush rate from Missouri. And, you know, it was, what is this offense? That's not what we were expecting to come in. When you look at what happened against Kansas State, and you know, I know there's elements of the game that force it, but there were only 26 runs to 38 passes. Theo Wees had 11 targets. Luther Burden had 11 targets. This was the offense that I thought we would see. I, I mean, I'm not going to go out and, on, you know, and say that Missouri was hiding their offense the first two games, but it sure does look that way. Yeah. All right, moving on. Hey, Colin. Hey, Stock. Just wanted to vent about this Georgia Southern cover. One interception I can excuse. You know, it's college football. Two interceptions, okay, that's a lot. Three, you're kind of getting a little crazy here. We've got to calm down. Four, I don't know what the you're smoking. Five is just off the deep end bananas. And then top it off, this guy's like, oh, I haven't turned the ball over enough. Let me just give a fumble within the 15-yard line and just absolutely blow this cover. I got a number of 20 points. Why do they have to suck? Yeah, that was in reference to Georgia Southern Wisconsin. Yeah, Wisconsin won thirty-five to fourteen, covered by the hook at the the closing number. Total yards: Georgia Southern four fifty-five, Wisconsin four fifty-one. Difference: six turnovers to none. <laughs> Moving on. So sometimes I just wait and see how I'm losing these bets. Davis Brin, five interceptions, brother. It's the third quarter kidding me this is adam in denver first time caller davis brin is the first that's got me to call this hotline because i can't believe what i just watched he was a loser at tulsa he's still a loser at georgia southern they're up 14 and 7 in the third quarter they can't cover 20 and a half colin great look ahead man get called this early in the week chop chop gator chop Billy Napier feeling good. His DC, who looks like the f- 
creepy marshmallow man, called a hell of a game. Josh Heifel last year wasn't a fluke when you have a 28-year-old quarterback. It could have been. They're so overrated. Let's go, Gators. Great job, man. Uh, yeah, it's a great day to be a Florida Gator. Your boy, Billy Napier, now 18-5 and five against the spread as an underdog. And that game was never really in doubt. And oh. all of the issues with Milton and that offense came they reared their ugly head, and Florida was able to control the game. Mertz was just able to – he was great on third downs too, but everything just started with the run game, and they just controlled the ball like the entire game. So, yeah, that one was never really in doubt. I guess we'll go – and Tennessee certainly was overrated and is, yeah. I believe so. But let's – that, that was one of my best calls. Again, yeah, would you want to throw in? Where's all my audience from July and, and August that really hated me for taking an alternate team total under on Tennessee? I mean, they, I don't know. I was just going to say Joe Milton, the, the complete, the adjusted completion percentage that I had a problem with, he went 20 of 34 for 58%. Not good. Yep. Uh, so that was one of my best calls. Let's go best call, worst call, bet regret. Best call, I will go, uh, I'll throw out either, uh, two I mentioned, Miami, Ohio. And winning outright in overtime. By the way, the same kid who blocked the game-winning field goal attempt for Cincy, a chip shot. He blocked it. He had the game-sealing interception in overtime. But Gabbert was awesome in that game. And Miami, Ohio's defense looked looked great. Uh, I'll also throw out Florida. That was never really in doubt. Worst call by far is Buffalo. Oh, my God. I don't care if there was a, a million tipped picks. And the refs missed some calls. They deserve to lose that game by 100. They were underprepared, overmatched, and uninspired. Their, the coaching drop-off to linguist is massive. Like, it's one thing to take a dog, and then you're like, you know what? They're a little overmatched here. I didn't see this angle coming. They're 0-2, coming off a home loss to an FCS team. and they looked like they didn't care in the beginning of the game like uninspired you know when you could tell a team when what i love when i'm like all right i got a team that came to play when they make like a, a big tackle for loss and the whole defense like rallies together and like you know pats everyone on the head and gets excited then you have some every once in a while you'll get a team for whatever reason it's just a tackle for loss and it's just one other guy going over patting him on his head they were completely uninspired underprepared overmatched guys and then i had to listen to this the announcer say that they had the best secondary in the country Guys running wide open. Salter for Liberty, I think, threw for like 400 yards on 16 completions. Just every bomb. He threw some hell, hell of a deep balls in that game. But every bomb, there was a guy wide open. Every time he dropped back, he'd buy time, throw it, and I'm, he would launch it. And I'm like, oh, God, there's going to be someone wide open downfield. Horrendous, horrendous bet. That was my worst call. Bet regret is not trusting the spot with Nevada. Um, I just I didn't really want to put my money on them, but. That was deck cover was never really in doubt. How about you? Best call, worst call, bet regret? Uh, well, I think best call. I mean, let's pat ourselves on the back for getting the money line round robin on the podcast in. So I'll take credit for James Madison beating Troy. Troy's defense, we said, is uh, nowhere near what they were last year, and that played out. Worst yeah, JMU, call, JMU in Florida. Uh, both uh, money line dogs come in. Um, yep. And by the way, my favorite came in. Yours. Uh, we'll talk about that later. With Alabama, <laughs> but uh, Iowa. Um, what a cover. What a cover, what a cover. I'm, maybe we'll get some calls about it, but go ahead, finish up. Yeah, I mean, worst call, you can pick any of the home underdogs that I took on the show. I mean, Mississippi State, absolutely outclassed. I should have paid attention to that Arizona box box score some more, and I didn't. I decided to sweep that under the rug. It was a big mistake. Michigan State saying that the market has gone too far and oversold on a defense. It's put up some good numbers. Maybe we just don't realize how good Washington is. Uh, and, uh, you know, Tossing a Northwestern and some round robins is probably a bad idea too. So I mean, there's, I mean, there was a lot of home underdog double digit spreads that I liked yesterday. Illinois, I mean, we're gonna complain about Davis Bren, Luke Altmeyer. I, I don't know, four or five turnovers all by himself. So that was pretty bad. Bet regret. I didn't get any money down on Idaho, and I said anything over fourteen we should hit. They lost by fourteen, so I would call that a bet regret. Yeah, Idaho's bet regret mine as well. Um... Yeah, Alabama quarterback situation. Oh boy, Whew. it is ugly. You know what's Buckner, going on there, right? Couldn't you do anything. What's then you, what's that? 
So what's going on is why would Jalen Mill? He wasn't so bad in their loss that he would need to be benched this entire game. I yeah, why wouldn't they bring him in just to win that game? He could run all over South Florida. In that sloppy track, too. I mean, people in South Florida defenders would have been dodging all over the place. And so what I think it is, it's more I don't I'm not saying there's a bad relationship between Saban and Tommy Rees, but it's more it's more like here's your quarterback. Here's a game I don't think we can lose under any other circumstances. Let your quarterback go out there in the driving rain. Let's see what he can do. Gave him a whole half. And then Ty Simpson's out there. Didn't play Jalen Milrow, I think, to prove a point and say, I was right in picking this quarterback. These two suck. So, I mean, why else would you not play Jalen Milrow in that close of a game? Yeah, I mean, the other the other thing is that, like, he just, he he's not, they're not going to play Milrow in SEC play. So you gotta you gotta figure out what these kids can do, um, but like we saw Buckner last year at Notre Dame in this system, he was bad. Um, and <laughs> As Ty Simpson, bad. the word from like Ty, what Ty Simpson's been doing in practice and camp has not been good. And mm. so like, yeah, it's it's a mess. I'm sure that Batman number, whatever it opens at, is gonna come down against Ole Miss. You think Ole Miss closes a favorite? Nah, they won't be a favorite, but it'll. What was the look at? Like 14 or something? Um, so, like, Bama, people still have really high priors on Bama, which will, which will uh, make it tricky. By the way, I am sick. You got a cover on it. That Georgia Tech, what the fuck is going on there at the end? Was I, it like, a, was it the, the coach's son on running the ball? They didn't, they, first of all, they onside kicked down 18 with a minute and a half to go. No one does that anymore. You're on three possessions. And, Ole Miss kept throwing – they threw two bombs to get outside the number. Georgia Tech answered to get inside the number. Onside kick. And then it was like the – when you have someone's uh, child who is dealing with disabilities and they put them in to score uh, a bucket or score a touchdown in the game and everyone just pretends. Uh, what, I don't understand what Georgia Tech was doing on that last play. I, I, I was was stunned. It just uh, – absolute kick in the nuts but uh well yeah i'll say this that's that's two weeks in a row for lane kiffin i mean that's two weeks in a row with tons of unnecessary scoring when a knee just keeps get your players off the field and not suffering injury but i'm just saying if you're keeping tabs that's two in a row shenanigans from lane kiffin late in the game to cover the number before we go any further, as a reminder, Big Bets on Campus is presented by BetMGM. So get in on the action with the king of sports books. Sign up with BetMGM using bonus code ACTION and get up to $1,000 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That is the bonus code ACTION. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, or Ontario only. Must be 21 or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, and Utah and other states where prohibited. Promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. Yep. All right, moving on. Hey, Stuck and Colin. If this first two weeks as a BC Eagles ticket holder was not miserable enough, today's a new day. You're taking on the Florida State, smashing the over and saying, deep into the fourth quarter, we got ourselves a ball game here. Despite all this, 18 penalties. I don't know how many false starts. Two defensive delay of games. What the f***? Despite this, we're down by two. We have a third and eight defensive stand. Knowles played with some run call. They get bailed out by a face mask. Oh, my God. You get to kneel out the end of the game. 18 penalties, a new school record. 
Uh, FSU, do not give a flying about this game today. Biggest look ahead performance, and BC can't get out of its own way. Well, this is an easy one. Eight and a half minutes left in the game, and I get two hours of my time back. Easiest bet I've ever seen in my life, and you're on the Buffalo side of it. Thanks. So, Florida State, one of the interesting things about the, you know, because handicapping and adjusting power ratings, it's not just science, in, especially in college football, college basketball too. But college football, you have a limited sample size, uh, you know, compared to college basketball. So, there are times where you're going to have a team that just doesn't show up, shits the bed was looking ahead, didn't really prepare for the game. So you might not adjust them as much, and you might just say, you know what, I'm kind of going to throw out that result. So that's the decision I, I have to make. I haven't made it yet. I haven't gone through updated numbers until tomorrow. But, like, was that – Florida State was up 31-10, but they were getting shredded by Castellanos who had a hell of a game. It, one-man wrecking crew, which is bizarre because they played as, like, a, a running quarterback in Daniels and – uh LSU but like do and then BC almost won the game but they had eight <laughs> even though they had 18 penalties so I don't know that that's a tough one for me to gauge like do I raise my eyebrows at Florida State if they look so good the first two weeks and then look we saw LSU look really good against Mississippi State and another data point and Florida State really took it to them so yeah I don't know what to make of that um but I, Boston College definitely made the right decision at quarterback with Castellanos. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on, on Florida state almost losing to BC? I mean, it's first off, it's the bandana game. Second off, there's all this hoopla about the weather. Third off, this is an LSU and camping world. It, I think Florida state might be the most talented team in the country, especially with their weapons on the outside, but it still feels like one of those teams you have to ultra motivate to make them get into these games, especially on the road against lowly conference opponents that they're more than three, score favorites against. It's like they just didn't come up as well prepared for this as they would have, say, for Clemson next week or for LSU to start the season. So for me, I I, I knocked their power rating by one point and nothing more. I mean, even though, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing. You're right about adjusting power ratings. People think that it's, well, I'll leave that to other people to use a computer to completely like dictate what a power rating is, but you have to have a little bit of art to it. You just don't bag on Florida State by three to four points in a power rating in this spot, in this game with a look ahead to Clemson, because they're going to show up with a completely different level of, of attention next week. Yeah. All right, moving on. Stuck, Colin. I'm not even going to address you because picks are so every week. I've refrained from ever taking them but suck i'd love to know what you thought about this buffalo game i mean this is terrible i want to know what you were thinking putting your hard-earned money on this what were you thinking uh, yeah. money on buffalo? <laughs> I, already, I already talked about the buffalo game um right yeah picks are so shitty i haven't had a losing saturday in two years but by the way that one of them's coming uh i promise and don't if you can't afford to have a, a three and eleven saturday once again, just a PSA. That means you're betting too much because I promise I'll have one soon. But moving on. Hey, Colin, I'm outside on my patio. My wife, my two kids are inside. I'm missing dinner to watch your spectacular Alabama minus 33 and a half point spread game. Wow. Don't they look good? Third quarterback, red shirt freshman. F- you. F- the tide. Go USF. Alabama minus 34 and a half. We're laying five touchdowns when they can't complete a pass and their quarterback like literally hasn't ever played football before are you kidding me yeah it was a horrible pick you know it we'll we'll have many horrible picks um and uh that was one of them out plus i mean i i thought miller was going to start we didn't know when you bet that you thought miller was going to start too um buckner I thought we'd be able to operate the system against an, a USF team that gave up 350 to FAMU through the air. So yep. it's very telling. I know there was weather, but very, very telling. We'll talk more about Bama this week. Well, and we'll break yeah, I mean, this game. the last thing I'll say about it is I power rated it way over the 31 and a half, 32 when I hit it in the market. Um, there was obviously steam hitting it like crazy throughout the week. I got 
positive market reaction against a defense that I thought was horrible. And when I look at South Florida's numbers, they were below 30% in standard downs and passing downs. There's no way they should have even been close in that game. The whole problem exists around the Alabama offense, the offensive line, the inability to throw the ball. And I didn't think that that was such a pit of ineptness that South Florida would have a chance to win that game. So, you know, if any, if any of the rest of you thought that it was that big of a problem at Alabama, then, you know, South Florida plus 34 was widely available. Yeah. Bama's offensive line. A lot of people talk about the quarterback. Saban talked about this all throughout the week. The offensive line is also an issue. Yep. The like Texas's defensive line won that game. Uh, dominated. Moving on. I hate over time. I hate it. I'm mindsetting this Colorado Colorado State game there. I get 74 and a half points, 74 and a half there. Everything is great. I even fall asleep on the couch. But, of course, I wake up just in time, just in time to see that a game's going to overtime. Now, listen, soccer doesn't do anything right. I don't like soccer there. But at least when the game goes into PKs, the game that 0-0, zero, zero, somebody doesn't magically finish 6-5 or something like that, change this. Change this. Game over there, 28-28, 56 points, my under should win that stare. F- overtime. Martin's from the bathtub. It's not about bad bees. I- I'm getting killed today. I'm here to give a public service announcement to everybody. It was about four and a half minutes into the second quarter today on, I don't know, whatever the f- is. Ohio State figured it out. And whoa, whoa. Now you'll get a better update from me next weekend in South Bend. But until then, I will sit here in this glorious bathtub and say that Ohio State is no longer a clown show. Also, Robert Stucky, you're the one. You make gambling and also bath time lots of fun. Robert Stucky, you're the one. Sounds like uh, the uh, cor- corn beef's out of the tub and you're in it. Yeah, uh, Martin, I'm a big fan of, of uh, little hot hot bathrooms. Well, Martin clearly didn't mix in a water. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, at the get, getting back to, to what he said about Ohio State, they named, uh, Ryan Day named Kyle McCord quarterback. He looked good. Ohio State rolled. But, yeah, he finished 19-23, 318, three touchdowns. The key to the game was... I believe like this is this is another thing with Ohio State. Like, do I think that they're oh that everything is just fixed now? No. Um Western Kentucky has he had enormous defensive regression coming. Last year they got so lucky with their takeaways. They lost their they lost a lot on defense. We saw that in week one against South Florida, who was able to move the ball. South Florida ran for four hundred yards on Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky's defense has major issues. It's not going to be as easy against Notre Dame next week. Um, So, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. But it definitely looked a lot better, at least on the field. I 100% agree. I mean, Western Kentucky didn't – I mean, they scored 10 points. They didn't really light up the box score. But when you look in the advanced numbers, they're not known for running the ball. They shouldn't be good at running the ball. But Ohio State only stuffed 10 of 31. That's below national average. Western Kentucky averaged – you know, uh, national average and passing down success rate. They averaged six yards per play in passing downs. They didn't get completely shut out. Uh, they were able to move the ball a little bit, especially run the ball, which is what Western Kentucky is not known for. That's definitely a huge area to handicap against Notre Dame coming up. Yeah, I would be more uh, excited about the Ohio State defensive performance just across the board. Western Kentucky obviously can't run the ball, but Austin Reed and and you know, Malachi Corley company, they can th- chuck it around. So he, he only, th- he threw it 37 times for 207 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you go back, you know, even against the competition hasn't been great, but when they played Indiana, Indiana t- did nothing through the air. So one of the things that we, that you would expect from, uh, excuse me, from Ohio state this year is a defensive improvement under second year coordinator, Jim Knowles, who we're both, fans of so that defense we'll see wait wait that these still aren't the the greatest tests in the world but most weeks in the big 10 you're not really being tested that much but i think the defense and the secondary in particular could be really improved and that's one of the biggest i I think the biggest takeaway from that game but moving on 
boys. Currently in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Been Kirk Ferentz and that dumbass Brian for the whole game. But good God. Way to put your nuts on the line, baby. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Go Hawks. Thank you so much, Kirk. Bastard. It was ugly early. I basically wrote it off. I was like, there's no way. They gave up a 70-yard bomb. That Everything was going, like, the field position battle was insane. Like, Western Michigan kept starting within the five. And then Iowa would, like, I think Iowa started one time on the 25 after a punt, the 30, the 40. But one time Western Michigan started inside their five, hit a, a long pass, and then a 60-yard bomb on third and long. Guy just running down the sidelines, uncovered. I'm like, what the fuck? And it was 10-3 or something, Western Michigan. I said, this is over. There's no way Iowa's covering. Then they get a blocked punt, and it's uh, it ended up being a safety. They get good field position score, go for two. Kirk goes for two to go up 21, and I say, oh, my gosh, now I can get the 28 and push at least. Then they create a turnover, end up kicking a field goal, can't get in the end zone. McNamara looked horrendous. He's, a, he, he's hesitant. He's, he's not going through with his reads. I think he might still be a little hurt. He's throwing full speed at targets that are six yards away. Like, I mean, blazing their hands, you know? Yeah, and he's not trusting his 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 first read. He keeps double clutch. He double pump. He's double pumping, and uh, it's uh, it's bad. There's definitely issues there. But then Iowa gets the ball back, and my guy Brian France, who was throwing a fit on the sideline in the first half after Ma- uh, McNamara threw another bad pick in Western Michigan territory, he threw a fit. He threw his stuff down. He stormed to the locker room. He was because he's he's like I need I need points. He Ferentz dials up a, a reverse with like a minute and a half to go for midfield. It goes for forty eight yards uh, down into the inside the ten, and they get to the one on fourth down. And I am on my knees, like go for it, go for it. And uh, the six string running back runs it in on fourth and goal from the one. Uh, I never get those. It was glorious. That was awesome. It was amazing. It was exhilarating. And yes, didn't last long because then Lane Kiffin. Even it all out later, which is what this next caller will talk about. Stat of the game for Iowa Western Michigan: Iowa three hundred and thirty-three positive hidden yards to Western Michigan's negative three hundred and fifty-six. Hidden yards is all about special teams punting, field position. Where Iowa started on their own forty-six average, and Western Michigan started on their own twenty. So hell of a game from a special teams and field position. I said on the live show, I said this could be the most hilariously lopsided field position battle. It ever. was. Hey, Colin. Stucky, Ben from Baton Rouge here. I just want to say, f- that scum, f- Lane Kiffin, that f- you cannot tell me that f- scumbag does not have 500 grand on that game today. What a f- loser, f- Lane Kiffin. Having said that, I will be taking Ole Miss next week. Love you guys. Stuck, Colin. This isn't a bad beat, but I cannot watch Phil Jerkovic play another. F- snap for my football team it is absolutely disgusting to watch he can't throw a check down i do not want to see him play another snap for this team i can't i cannot watch this guy play another snap for this team we have hit rock bottom jerkovic just cooked i don't know if it was the injury at one he's he's done Pitt looks awful now the one the one comment that i got on west virginia is they might be cooked too uh cj donaldson garrett green are hurt in their game against west virginia that is their that is west virginia's entire identity on defense so uh be you know just keep your eyes on the number out there when it comes to west virginia numbers because they are losing their the two players that are the biggest part of their identity arizona state arizona state again is this the third weekend in a row i've had to bet on these because you guys think they're good? This is the worst offense I've ever seen in my life. It makes my eyes hurt to watch them. Uh, yeah, so oh, I, Arizona State, I, what is going on with their quarterback situation? I, I have no idea. So that uh, Rashada doesn't play now, and then they have Drew Pine, and right. we're getting there. They uh, – horrendous effort. I think that you, you you're – your uh, thought process there was more of a fate of Fresno State, but yeah, Arizona right. State was just completely inept. They got to, fi- they got to. I don't know. They have to figure out their quarterback situation. Stick with a guy. We saw how bad that. Well, we saw everybody. The team's but... using multiple quarterbacks. Yeah, Oklahoma State didn't go well for them. They got just absolutely clobbered at home by South Alabama. The offense was pitiful. Well, so with Arizona State, the thinking was first off, Jaden Rashada is a major talent. 
Well, that's great. He didn't even play in this game. Uh, I got Jacob Conover throwing two interceptions, Drew Prine throwing two two interceptions, and and Bergot throwing an interception. So uh, three quarterbacks throwing interceptions is not good. Uh, But then Fresno, they were kind of fraudish in their two previous box scores, but obviously not in this one whatsoever. So um, I don't know what's going on with Arizona State. I don't don't know what's going on. I mean, Arizona State and Alabama, like throwing out a whole bunch of quarterbacks and not playing the guy for one snap that's played before – I mean, I get that Rashada is young and going to make mistakes, but he still has the highest ceiling of anybody else on that roster. So I don't know what Kenny Dillingham's doing, but man, has he created a hole down there. Are they going to like redshirt him? What do you give? Is that still a rule? Four games and you still get to redshirt? I mean, I I don't even know what the rules are in redshirting if they've changed it, but usually it used to be you get four appearances and that's it. Maybe they're saving for the bowl game, but ha, it's not going to be a bowl game. Just play him. Uh, Yeah, Rashada's out four to six weeks. Forget. MRI on lower left leg, Drew Pine muscular injury, and Dillingham said a Rashada red shirt is possible. This team is a mess. Wow. So who's left? Conover? Yeah, he had two interceptions. Six of 16, B- I think. Is that the, BY- the BYU transfer, right? It's a yep. mess. More to come. On our new BCS show, we'll, uh, we'll update all the injuries from this weekend because I know it can be a lot. But yeah, it looks like Rashada is out and then might red shirt. And then you have a number of other injuries to consider. So, and I think who, who does Arizona state, Arizona state has USC. Yeah. Ugh. I was like, this is going to be a spot. <laughs> this is their super bowl. Uh, I don't know. I this I probably can't put my money on them, but we'll see where the number is. Anyway, moving on. Yes. We have a live report from the Fayetteville, Arkansas coroner's office on the dead nut under of Arkansas. That is a bunch of, Dead not under my ass. BYU Arkansas. It's going to be an under. It's going to be a dead under. 31-31. Crushing it. Unbelievable. Updates from the Fayetteville, Arkansas coroner's office. We are now at 69 on the over-under. That was a dead not Arkansas under. 69. There's that number again. Holy f- Are you kidding me, Colin? All right. Close out from the Fayetteville, Arkansas coroner's office. Thank you. What's up, boys? I'm just sitting here in my bed watching college football, having a great night, had a few beers, maybe too many, and all I can hear in my head is Razorback football. Woo, pig. Guys, Rocket Raheem Sanders isn't playing. Oh, my gosh. BYU, damn, yeah, yeah. It's got to be an under. It's an under all the way. Colin, are you kidding me? And under, dude, it's 45 at the half. What's the over on? I don't even know. As soon as I hit 30, I said, well, f- this, we're done. You know what's even more funny? I don't even bet on it. Colin, you're killing me, dude. Just go look at more box scores. My head hurts. I need one more beer. Then I'm going to bed. BYU, Arkansas, under. Go f- yourself. Have you ever watched football before? Sitting here watching the under of Arkansas, BYU, dead in the second quarter thanks colin but anyways slate absolute slate and you guys make it fun and this is what this is for these early slates these third week slates i just want to say thanks here's colin wilson you know he tries to act like he knows anything about razorback football he's selling me under the whole week dude the over hit in like the first half what are you doing man and dude, the fact that you have the audacity to fade your own team, I wrote Arkansas. I, I did. Minus eight. Sorriest bet I've ever placed. Holy that team sucks. Sam Pittman, arguably one of the worst coaches in college football. Fire him. He sucks. Arkansas ruined everything. This slate sucked. But also, Arkansas is a team. Colin, I love you, man. But also, your hogs suck. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Razorbacks go, you know, we got under 53 early in the week, knew what the game script was going to be, wrote it up. I what I, I took 50 under 53 and a half on what Sunday night, uh, wrote it up on Monday night. And then by the time we got to game day, I think we're at 47. And Mike Epps was announced available for BYU. And 
I knew that Arkansas was going to be aggressive. I said this in the preseason podcast, the SEC podcast. It's okay just to say you got the bet wrong. It took the well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously the under 53 and a half was wrong. I did come back and play the over, and I know people don't like it when you come back and play, but if I have like a six to eight point window on totals, I'm generally probably going to come back, especially once I see game flow. I mean, I knew this about Arkansas, that they were going to be ultra aggressive on defense this year, which was going to cause a lot of tackles for loss, but it was also going to give up a lot of explosive plays. So when you look at that, nine tackles for loss against BYU, they got to Kadon Slovis all night, but 14 penalties for 125 yards. Plus, there's just no juice in the running game. If you had told me KJ Jefferson was going to throw the ball 35 times, that that's really what I feared, is that they just wouldn't get anything out of the running game, and now KJ's throwing 35 times. I mean, you're not going to go under anything when KJ's throwing 35 times. So, I mean, shout out to BYU. I I don't know who told you to take Arkansas minus eight because on the podcast I said this is a really bad spot. But yeah, the under was completely cooked, and that's what happened. This is what's going to happen in Arkansas games. They're going to take shots defensively going after the quarterback, and if they miss, they're going to give up. I don't know what Kadonsel has had six explosives, I think. So, you know, they lost. Um, but I definitely didn't tell you guys to take Arkansas minus eight. <laughs> Let the record show that Trent Dofer went for two, down 26 with a minute and a half to go versus a raging Cajun of Louisiana, Lafayette. Trent Dofer, you can go yourself. You, Trent, the Ravens. Let's go Bengals. Colin Stuck. It's John from Long Island. Holy Trent Dofer. Yeah, brutal beat there. Dilfer getting his absolute shit kicked in. To tries to go up-tempo to make the score more respectable. That's bad regret there, fading that garbage UAB team. I think they're around 40 to another garbage Louisiana team. Uh, but thank you for all the calls. Uh, that's what it's about. We, we are the the only podcast where we will we take our medicine, and it's cathartic. You call in baggage. and uh, own the losses and... Um, there will be horrifying weekends when I lose everything. You got to come in here and face the music. That's what makes it fun. Uh, so thanks for calling in. Let it out. If you had a bad loss, if you tailed something that was dumb, call, let it out. Um, we appreciate everyone calling in. I got to get the caller, the caller of the week to Martin from the bathtub, uh, just cause he sung me a lullaby, a lullaby. and, uh, I can't really not go with Martin, but, um, yeah, the, Week three is in the bag. It's time to move on to week four. And we will be back, like I said, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with content. And then live show Saturday. But I, um, it's time for me to go find some winners. By the way, fuck the Bengals. Go Ravens. And uh, I'll, I'll hand it off to Colin, who will be back in a few hours with uh, some look-ahead lines once the market opens up. But before uh, I throw it to Colin, Colin, everyone at Action knows I do treat my body like a temple. That's why I'm excited about our new sponsor, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Factor hooks you up with delicious, chef-prepared, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your house. Speaking of our producer, he loves these. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. There are three main things we love about Factor. One, no chopping, prepping, or cleaning up. Two, you get great flavor and the nutritional quality you need to tackle challenging topics like the UMass defense. And three, Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. So, this September, run your own two-minute drill with Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Select your meals and enjoy fresh meals delivered to your door. Just head to factormeals.com slash bboc50. That's five zero. Again, factormeals.com slash BB 
BBOC50 and use code BBOC50 to get 50% off. That's code BBOC50 at factormeals.com slash BBOC50 to get 50% off. Hey everyone, it's Colin. Let's talk on Sunday afternoon. It's around three o'clock central and let's talk about some of the lines that I've hit and I'm tentative on a lot of these lines as I'm waiting to get uh, a grasp on some of these uh, from a reach perspective, some books I can't get to and I'm eyeing some numbers that I think are going to move. So far today, I've hit three, I'm sorry, four. Uh, first one is Kentucky. I believe that's sitting at 13 and a half in the market. I project this up to 18 against uh, Vanderbilt. I expect it to keep moving on the road. Uh, AJ Swan was banged up in this game against UNLV yesterday, uh, but he did finish the game. uh, So there's going to be some bruises there. I think he was diagnosed with a bruise on his arm. Uh, We'll see what his status is this week. Uh, I do project Kentucky at 18. I expect this to keep going up. And if you listen to this in time, hopefully you can get 13 half or 14 before it takes off. One of the first ones I hit was an early number on Oregon against Colorado. 16 and a half was listed out there all morning. Uh, decided to sample in on that. It's a number that I project 21, 21 and a half. Um, I knew that this was going to take immediate steam. I think we all know that a lot of us have kind of been waiting for this spot against Colorado to go on the road, play in a place like Autzen where Oregon, I mean, if there's any team that is the best version of themselves, it's always Oregon at home. But more importantly, when Travis Hunter was announced to be out for a few weeks, that is the best player outside of uh, on, on both sides of the ball outside of Shadur Sanders. So Travis Hunter not going to be there, especially from a defensive standpoint. That's going to give Bo Nix in that offense all kinds of uh, space to throw to. I don't expect this to stop moving. I noticed that SP Plus has this up around 28. Uh, I make it 21 and a half. So I would buy this up till 21, which I think we might be getting there close to here by the end of Sunday night. I would buy it for less above 21, but I would still play Oregon. I just, I don't see any way, uh, you know, Oregon isn't rolling here. And from a totals perspective, I kind of wanted to be on the first number that comes out this week. At the same time, I think if you could have a good Oregon number at 21 or better, you might want to let that serve because is Colorado going to be able to hold up their end? They have been very fortunate on explosive plays and third downs, and I'm not sure that's going to play out up at Autzen. So keep your eye out for that. So the next one is Louisiana. I took them against Buffalo. Uh, I took it at nine and a half. I think there's some tens out there. It's a number I project up to 15. And, you know, this is a matchups play. Uh, Now that we're getting some good data after three weeks, I can see, you know, Buffalo is a heavy pass unit. They they have a heavy pass ratio, and that's something that ULL can do on defense. Right now they're 21st in passing success rate. These two teams have similar strength of record, similar strength of schedules. Uh, So the ULL defense is just, you know, they're going to be able to, to get it done here against this Buffalo team that has been, absolutely uh, terrible. Uh, Buffalo has been almost dead last in quality drives and finishing drives. So expect ULL to get it done. Next one, James Madison going, uh, they're traveling across the country against Utah state. Uh, Utah state had some, a couple of different quarterbacks coming in um, between Legas and uh, Williams. They were both uh, coming in to fill the role. I don't think there's a huge injury concern with Williams. He Levi Williams might be back this week. We'll see, but James Madison can absolutely shut down the Utah State run, which they don't really want to do anyways. They want to throw the ball. Uh, James Madison, just better overall, uh, finishing drives, quality drives, you know, tackling everything that's important to us when we handicap JMUs. Definitely got it uh, here, and they've just been scoring points at will the last couple of weeks. So we're going to ride with them. Uh, I would take it all the way up to... Seven is where I got a power rated. So James Madison got it at four, expected to go up to seven. Okay, so some of the numbers I'm looking at, uh, ones that I have not fired on, either because the books that have them out right now on Sunday afternoon, I'm not able to get to, or uh, I'm waiting for a number possibly to move. Now, one of those numbers that I think is going to move is going to be Texas A&M. If you don't have Action Labs, you can set uh, line watchers, there's steam alerts, there's all kinds of good little you know, stuff in there to let you know where a line's going to go. And right now it tells me that opening line of seven on Texas A&M is actually going to go up a little bit to seven and a half. So there's about a 90% chance it eclipses that. Now that number is out at one book right now that I, I can't get to seven and a half. So I'm going to sit here on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. And if it gets above seven, universally seven and a half, eight, oh, I'd love an eight here, but I project this to be Texas A&M minus three. And if you look at some of the explosives that Miami was able to do against this Texas A&M defense, I expect Peyton, Peyton Thorne to have the same 
Uh, same result here. So I, proje- I projected Texas A&M minus three. I will be looking to buy Auburn sometime tonight. Moving on, uh, you know, Utah, UCLA, that number is coming down hard on Utah. I think there's a lot of questions what's going on with Cam Rising, and there's a lot of injuries going on with that team, and we don't know if he's going to play or in a big opener in Salt Lake against UCLA. So I would power rate this Utah minus eight if Cam Rising's playing. Without him, it's probably more appropriate around two and a half or three. So keep your eyes out on that one. Another one, I don't understand. I understand Virginia Tech has some serious issues at quarterback position. They're just getting trounced everywhere, especially against Rutgers. Uh, that said, I still make this just Marshall minus three. So I, I think there's a little bit of negativity in the market for Virginia Tech, which is completely deserved. But at the same time, there's a certain point where it's too, too much. So anything seven or above uh, will have my attention on Virginia Tech this week, especially if we can get some positive moves from the quarterback situation. Another one that I like is Jacksonville State. Uh, They are on the board against Eastern Michigan. Um, This is a game that I want to buy Eastern Michigan. Right now, this is Jacksonville State, I believe, between four and a half and six on the board. It's something that I power at Jacksonville State minus three and a half. And yeah, I want to take Eastern Michigan to go on the road and get this upset outright. Um, I believe I'm going to be locking that in here in the next couple hours. So uh, we'll see which way that moves. And of course, last one I'll mention is Florida International. Yeah, a team that I've put in our Moneyline Round Robin on our YouTube clips last two weeks and has cashed for us. We're going to keep riding them. Uh, They're at least scoring points. I can't say anything about this defense here, but uh, Florida International, uh, it's a number that I power rate at eight. I'll be looking to take them against Liberty. I think Liberty looked really good against Buffalo, but then again, we go back and say, that's Buffalo. They make everybody look pretty good. All right, um, I will wrap it up there. I'll throw out some weather. There is going to be weather in Florida, so home games Florida, Florida International. Uh, There could be some weather concerns there. Uh, South Carolina, there's some rain, some precip in the forecast. Temple's got some too. UConn, UMass, that's all East Coast based along with Wake Forest. Once you get past that, I've got weather concerns mostly in the state of Kansas, and Missouri is hosting a game against Memphis, although I don't think that's a weather concern. That's a neutral site in St. Louis, so... We'll scratch that one off, but be cognizant of Kansas and Kansas State, both hosting BYU and UCF, respectively. Definitely some rain coming in there, or else I would definitely be playing that total uh, Kansas State-UCF. But got to check the weather forecast. So those are some totals to look after. Hopefully those bets help you. Good luck on week four. All right, thanks, Colin. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to our producer in the back end. Thanks to our sponsor, BetMGM. Make sure you download the award-winning Action Network app to keep up with all of our bets. Make sure you subscribe. Unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, tell an enemy, you know the drill, leave a five-star review, probably do giveaways again later in the week or next week. Just leave a five-star review. They really help us out, especially this time of year. But thanks for tuning in. It's time for us to go find some winners. We'll catch you all later in the week. Cheers. Peace out. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.